Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. The beautiful snow and the chance to be out and about and to worship together. And Lord, we ask for your blessing on today's service. Lord, I pray for those who aren't able to be with us or, uh, Lord, are at home this morning uh, via uh, YouTube. I just am thankful, Lord, for technology and the opportunity to be able to use uh, technology to draw people close to you. Lord, we thank you that you have given us another year, another day to serve you. Lord, as we look at your word this morning and we read uh, scripture, may you remind us and put on our hearts the value of our relationship with you. That nothing comes without you knowing. Nothing happens that you didn't, uh, that you were blindsided by. And that you still love us just the same. That you still know who we are and care over us. Lord, we thank you because you are good. We thank you for the opportunity to celebrate your son, and celebrate together in worship. In your name we pray. Amen. The scripture today is out of Malachi chapter 3. Or as some would call it, Malachi. I I don't know who called it that, but someone's... Was it? Ah, I knew it was Steve. (laughs) I want to tell you just a... For a second, a little bit. So I'm going to preach a little bit of the sermon before the scripture and then the rest of the sermon after, all right? Because I want to give you a little bit of background because I only picked three verses. But here's the situation. God's people had already been dispersed. Remember um, earlier in the year when we talked about Ezra and God was bringing his people back, right? We remember that situation. And they were coming back to rebuild the temple and the walls. And they continued to inhabit that land. Well, this... Malachi is about 100 years after that. So they had already did the work. They put the temple in and put the walls back up, and they did the work that needed to be done. And like any good uh, believer, they believed that God would continue to bless them whether they served him or not. In fact, they expected God to continue to serve them. You know, they returned like a prodigal, right? And they came back and they were trying to be obedient children, but they had wandered, just like we all do. They wanted the blessings without obedience. So what does God do when uh, his people uh, wander? What do we do when our kids wander? We send them a messenger, someone to remind them that they need to make some changes. And, and Malachi's... Name means messenger. And just so you know, uh, Malachi was the last prophet in the Old Testament. He was the last guy to speak before 400 years of quiet. God didn't speak for 400 years. That's a lot of generations that was quiet. And I wonder how much of the time, how many times God's people went back to Malachi looking for clues and saying, well, when is God going to speak again? When will he send his his, the Savior, His Son, when, when, when will those things happen? 400 years. And just so you give you a little perspective, Christmas Eve 
and Christmas, the whole celebration, we've jumped back 400 years in one week. That's, that's, that's the difference in time. I don't know about you, but I struggle to wait for my ne- the next episode of my favorite movie. 400 years is a long time to wait for a Savior. Kind of gives a little perspective of how powerful that moment was when Jesus actually came. And during all of this time that God's people are trying to follow God, during this it's about a hundred years, it, I know it's going to be surprising, it got a little more evil. And the scripture says it got more wicked. And it was harder to follow God. So much so that commentators say that maybe those people felt like they were just waiting in vain. Am I being righteous um, in vain? And so Malachi is telling them, listen, here's where God is, God is speaking, one, challenging, and then reminding God's people that he hasn't changed. So let's read Malachi uh, 3, 16 through 18. If you have an NIV, it might say on the top, the faithful remnant. It says, Then who, those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in the presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, there will be my treasured possession. I will spare them, just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. May God add his blessing as we continue singing. Oh Lord, we're, we're quiet in heart this morning. And maybe that's a good place to be. A place, Lord, where we are quiet before you listening for your voice. Lord, we come to you thankful for who you are and available for what you need. Lord, may we hear your words this morning. That through the prophet Malachi, Lord, that we would be reminded of our faith walk, our faith community, and Lord, the direction that you have for us in the coming year. Lord, I thank you that you have continued to be faithful through all generations. Lord, open our eyes this morning that we would hear your voice. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And if you're a children, you can church. I like the children church. Yeah, I saw that. You guys seem quiet this morning. I, you know what I figured out? I think I figured it out. I know what it is. You all, yeah, lack of sleep would be one. Someone, oh, my nephew was up at one, three, and five. <laughs> and they said, go. I think the other, I got the other thing figured out too. 
Y'all had so much sugar Christmas and red dye, whatever, number four, that you're all on, a, you're all on this down. It's like a, it feels like a suction cup in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the other, you know, the ones that aren't here, they didn't make it out of bed yet. <laughs> uh, what is the, what's the title of the sermon today? I'm going to, I'm going to, you guys are going to be involved. I, I mean, we just can't have this. I, I need some back and forth. What's the title say? A year to forget or remember. Truth, Mark. <laughs> you know, it would be easy to erase this year from our minds, would it not? To wipe it clean like a hard drive. Gone. And let's just plan to start over in 2021. Anybody want to argue with my logic of just, Wiping it clean. It's Ken, Ken, I, Ken and I actually had a discussion at 6.30 this morning. We spent some quality time together. <laughs> and we talked about not... It, the logic is there, but let's be honest. Do we really want to erase 2020 from our minds? Do we really want to just say, well, it was so bad that I can't handle it, that we're just going to skip 20. We're going to go from 2019 to 2021. Does anybody want to do I don't want to do that. It hasn't been easy, but that's okay. I don't know anything uh, worth doing is not easy, right? And it'd be easy just to cross it off and start. Well, we'll just start all over. What do they call that in golf? Mulligan, right? Just, it didn't happen. Bad shot. I'd be doing more mulligans than you don't want to play golf with me. There are some good things that happened this year. And so in order to help you guys be a little more involved, because I can feel the energy starting to pick up a little bit. Not everybody's snoring. It's, we're, we're getting there. As I'll start. I'll go first, and I'll give you, that'll give you 30 seconds to think about something good that happened in your life this year. For me, I graduated with my master's in August. I took some big old ugly looking test and I passed it. Uh, yeah, that was exciting. Just so you know, they, they put a lot of money on those. So they, they charge you $350 to make sure you know that it's important. That's how they help you figure out that it's an important test. They make it cost a lot of money. So if you fail, you really feel bad about yourself. <laughs> I, I'm just guessing, but I'm assuming that's a, because why would it cost $350 to sit in front of a computer for two hours? I don't even know. The reality is some good things happened. Amy and I were talking on Christmas Day as we were driving to the last place we were going, which by normal standards is usually toast. I'm usually toast by Christmas Day, and the last thing I want to do is spend more time um, in chaos, right? That's, that's my normal Christmas. I'm usually done by Christmas. This year, we got in the car, and we're driving to the in-laws and, uh, to have dinner, and, I, and she said, you know... This has been like the best Christmas ever. And I said, you're right. I feel rested. I feel good. I have enjoyed my family. I think part of that is I'm not nearly, I wasn't nearly as tired. But the other part of that, I think, is I came to this appreciation that it isn't guaranteed that we're going to spend Christmas with our family, right? Because we didn't spend Thanksgiving with either family. And so you come to this realization that's like, this needs to be appreciated, and enjoyed for what it is, right? Was it chaotic? Yeah, but I, I had more fun uh, telling my nephew, who's seven, that none of the presents under there were his. 
and that they were all mine. And that the other Joe, which is Grandpa Joe, those were all, anything that said Joe was Grandpa's. And he didn't get any. He's like, I got 10 presents under there. I'm like, dude, none of those are yours. We didn't bring you any, and Grandma didn't get you any either. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> of course, that didn't last long because th- their mom was like, just get the presents out and sort them. And of course, you know how kids in sorting presents are great, right? They can't read anything else, but they sure as heck can read a name. They know whose ghosts where and piles were everywhere. And we enjoyed Christmas maybe more than other years or probably more in the last four or five years of just enjoying company, just enjoying time uh, together. Uh, for us, we had to zoom. We zoomed the girls, and so that was weird and different and odd. Um, we, zoomed, we zoomed two girls. Uh, the girls were together in Texas, and then uh, both of our parents zoomed with us. So that was that was an interesting Christmas morning as we're watching uh, Lumina and the chaos of trying to open presents in order via Zoom. Good luck. Finally, I told Amy, I was like, it's like, we got 20 minutes. We need to leave, and uh, we haven't opened half of these, so people need to start opening presents. Um, but all in all, great Christmas. I really thoroughly enjoyed this Christmas. So what did you find valuable in 2020? What was good about 2020? You got what? Chickens. Veronica got chickens and ducks. Did you have eggs? Yeah. Nice. Dang things. Ah, yeah, it's the winter time. Yeah, chickens don't like winter. <laughs> Good thing you don't get kicked out, huh? <laughs> That's a blessing, Lee. Thank you for sharing. Anyone else? No one else? Laura? You got baptized. That's right. You did. Both you and Rob got baptized. And, and Joe uh, and Jen got baptized. Lori? Amen. He could, you're right. He was a one-legger about the time, this time last year. That's a blessing. Yeah. Lori said uh, homeschooling. I, I said all... In one fell swoop, everyone was a homeschooler. <laughs> and I don't think everyone was happy about that plan. <laughs> uh. <laughs> what else? Steve? And a hope of hoping to get there someday to, to get to see him, right? Yeah, yeah. There's there's hope in that. There's a hope in the coming. Someone, Connie, I got you did very much so. Very nice. What's that? Okay, reconnected with with parts of your family. Anything else, man? Yeah, just the normal day to day, get to do things uh, stuff. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that too. Steve? Yeah. 
Chris. Amen. Amen. Chris, Chris, uh, Chris and Shelley are upstairs, but they give praise to God for a uh, uh, renewed relationship uh, to, as a couple and as, uh, as a family. That's a blessing. Powerful. Becky? Amen. Amen. Yes. Yeah, Scott, Martha, which one gets to go first? <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's been a tough year for a lot of businesses. Yeah. Scott? Amen. Amen. He's still working. And he is still working. We're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about that today. Uh, Ken? I wanted to say that I, I, while most of the businesses have been closed or shut down and not my personal area of work where I, where I normally would expect it to be slow, I have a habit of slow down or take off of work in a long time. And it's been a good year. That's awesome. Yeah, because usually about this time you're not... You've been home for a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> and Veronica's eyes say, <laughs> I, I can tell you what Veronica's eyes said. <laughs> her, her blessing was Ken's organ. <laughs> so what can we learn from Malachi to help us navigate our faith? Uh, you know, the idea that Malachi is so many years removed and yet uh, helps us to maybe take a look at what we can uh, be thankful for this year. 2020 is a long time from when Malachi wrote and told God's people uh, the message that he had for them. But I want to share with a couple things that really stuck out in this passage for me is, uh, and hopefully for you. Um, the first thing is keep the faith and keep your faith community. Did you, did you see in verse 16... Um, it says, Then those who feared the Lord, those were believers, spoke with one another, and the Lord paid attention, and he heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before, those, uh, before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. Do you get that they were together, that they kept the community of faith? And that was important, right? This is a time when, when I, like I told you that one, the one commentator said, people got concerned about, am I just living this faith in vain? Is there more? Is there a reason to stay together? Is God ever going to show his face? And, and what are we to do? Does it, it sometimes feels mundane, does it not? The daily grind. Well, this year hasn't had that. Uh, this year's been an exercise in all kinds of new things, and we didn't even know words existed, right? Um, but it says that the community of faith in Malachi's time stayed together. They continued to be together. They feared the Lord together with each other. They found ways to step out and stress themselves together. No, we found those ways, right? I've been really excited um, for those 
who once we got past the initial chaos of the pandemic, um, have jumped right back into believer mode. I'm going to find ways to serve my neighbor. I'm going to find ways to help those who are hurting. I'm going to find ways to encourage those who, are, who need encouraged. The encouragement is different than it was, is it not? There are things now that are not like, I mean, before this year, no one would have ever thought we'll never be able to get into uh, the nursing home um, except through the window, or we're never going to be able to—we're not going to be able to do the things we did last year without even thinking twice about. And yet, God's people have found ways to be connected, and I'm proud of you guys for doing that. And I want to encourage you to continue to do those things—things things like um, for the older generation, email. Right? Um, I, I have—I have a few people in our church that email. And they, so they email that back and forth. So I, I, I'm seeing those correspondence, uh, texting each other and writing each other, visiting through the windows, um, sending cards. You wouldn't believe how many people we gave the shut-in list to this year that sent cards. And not just one card, but card after card. And made sure that people felt loved and cared for. I don't know if you know, uh, I won't rat them out, but I was super excited to hear that uh, a small group of people in our church got together and went caroling for some of the people in our church uh, who want, uh, some didn't don't get out or not getting out as much. And so this isn't a picture of them. This is just a, a photo. I, just, I, I grabbed this photo. But the idea was this. They found a way to connect as a group of believers. Another group I heard on Christmas Eve didn't feel comfortable being here but got together in a small group at home and watched it via uh, YouTube live. And so they, they found ways to connect and found ways to talk, as the scripture says. They talked to each other about the faith. And God heard that. And, and, and they wrote, their names were written in the scroll. It says, those who feared the Lord gathered together. I want to encourage you, church, to not let the times control your spiritual life. We have work to do. We, have, we still have things that need to be done. The believer's responsibilities have not changed. The world around us has changed. There's no doubt about that. We ducked and run. We, we jumped in the foxhole for a couple months, right? Because we didn't know what was going on. But now, we're going to start in 2021, and we know what's going on, and we know how to be careful, and we know how to be safe. And it's time to get back to work. Greenfield Baptist is still here. Someone reminded me it's 177 years in now. There have been troubles before. There have been struggles in the world before. That does not change our responsibility as believers. We still have responsibility to continue to encourage and challenge and share our hope with others. I'm excited for 2021. I'm excited because God has walked us through this part and He'll walk us into 2021. And we'll look back and we'll say, wow, that was crazy. That was the wildest year. And in 20 years, we're going to talk about it like when I was your age. You remember the, you know, we make fun of 
our grandparents when they did that, but we will do that. I'm just going to give you a heads up, right? So get your story figured out because you'll do that in 20 years. You'll be like, you would not believe 2020. The reality is uh, that we, we can never give up. I don't know if you've ever seen this. This was my motto at the foundry. I, I had this inside my, uh, my locker for 23 years. Someone gave it to me early on. And I so related with the frog. Because sometimes I felt like the frog. <laughs> right? That, the, the, the picture just says, it, oh, a picture's worth a thousand words in this one. Right? I felt so much like that frog this year. <laughs> like I was one little uh, swallow for being done, toast. And yet, our God is faithful through all generations. Through all generations. The second thing in this passage is that it's the same God then as now. It's a, we, we serve the same God. The God that says, they will be mine, says the Lord, the day I will make up my treasured possession. He still thinks so highly of us and loves us so much. And I will spare them like a son. He has spared us like his children. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. It does. You may not be feeling all of that. And I have said uh, this year, it's a good thing not to live by feelings uh, in 2020. Because there's been a lot of frustration and challenges. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you this morning. I'm going to challenge you to ask yourself this question. Is my relationship with Christ better or worse than when I started 2020? Hard question, isn't it? Challenging. It should, it should challenge you a bit. It should challenge you a bit. Except for Chris. Chris already answered the question. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> and once, I, once you answer that question honestly, see, I'm not going to ask you to say it out loud because I want you to really to think, where is my relationship with Christ? Is it better than it was at December 27th, 2019? Or is it worse? Is it less? Is it, do I feel farther away from God than I did a year ago? Because you see the little smiley guy? He's pointing back at himself. Your relationship with Christ is solely you. If, if, if your God hasn't gone anywhere. He hasn't gone anywhere out of your life. He hasn't walked away from you. He hasn't turned his back on you. So that makes it one a little bit harder to think about. Where is my relationship with Christ? If I feel like he's turned my back, I'm probably the one who's turned my back. And listen, I ain't pointing fingers because I have had to come to this realization myself. I've had to come to this realization that if there's a problem with my relationship with Christ, it begins with numero uno. It begins with me. I have to deal with my relationship with Christ. 
I am the one that needs to take and make some changes. Hebrews 13 tells us that, he, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still wants to have a relationship with us. He still cares so deeply about us. He still went to the cross for us even when we are struggling. Scripture in James uh, reminds us that as I draw near to God, He draws near to me. Church, it's our responsibility to begin moving back in the direction towards God. We have no one to blame. We can't blame the government. We can't, we have no, those are all, in my mind, excuses. And I've used them. I've done them. I've struggled with them. I want to blame someone else. I get frustrated. And at the end of the day, I have to come to this point where I realize that it lulls, it's solely on my shoulders. My relationship to Christ is solely based on my shoulders. I want to blame my wife, right, or my dogs, or I want to blame someone, not me, right? I want to, obviously, not my issue. And yet, I keep coming back to this. It, it's me. It's me. If I, don't, if I don't make the changes that I need to make, if I don't draw close to God, how can I expect Him? He's still there. I'm the problem. I'm the one that's further away. I'm the one that's not leaning on him. I'm the one that's having anxiety and, uh, and sleepless nights or struggles or whatever those are because it's me trying to lean on me. <laughs> the scripture ends in a very interesting spot. It feels like this verse could have been written this morning. It says, you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. If I were to, if we were to write that out today, would it not be so fitting for the world we live in today? That's a powerful verse to me because it's saying, listen, there's going to be a definite line drawn in the sand. There's a line of the righteous and the wicked. And I don't know about you, but it feels that, that these days that that line is being drawn ever so uh, uh, more and bigger and wider. And the divide between those uh, two ideas of righteous and wicked uh, has really uh, reared its ugly head. And it's part of where the struggle lies, I believe, uh, in Malachi and in our lives, is that it, it's hard to watch the evil uh, be out in front of us and to see that and be inundated by these ideas that we feel are so opposed to God that morally that is not okay, not, it's not right. And, I, I'm, and, and that's really, to me, been part of the struggle with 2020 
is that it feels like if I watch the news or I watch this or that or I, I read the paper or whatever, that, that morally the line is just, it's growing. That the distinction between righteous and wicked is growing further and further apart. That there's a divide there. The line is there. And in the past it felt like they would cross in some spots, right? That even, even people or places that didn't have faith would, um, would do good things or be of good cheer or just make, you know, they would be able to cross that line. And now it seems that the line is really drawn. And God says, listen, when I act, they, um, oops, I'm on the wrong page. He says there's going to be a definite line between righteous and wicked. And what he's saying is this, in my mind. He's saying, listen, there is a line drawn. And that line is drawn in this way. You either believe and follow me. Or you don't. Thanks, Lee. How did you read my mind? It's, it's the truth. It's the truth. That line is being drawn. Being good is not good enough. Righteousness is only gotten through Jesus himself. A relationship with Jesus Christ is what gives you the righteousness to follow God. To serve God, as that verse says. And if you don't have that relationship, you're in the wicked side. It's not about how much money you give. It's not about how much time you give. It's not about who you serve or how you serve or why you serve. It's none of those things. The line is drawn on this, a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the line. You either have it or you don't. I don't have the scripture in front of me, but there's a scripture that says, away with me, right? Because I, I did all these things in your name, but you didn't know who I was. You don't know who I am. A relationship with Christ is what will define us. It continues to define us. It'll define us in 2021. There's a hope in our relationship with Christ that one, no one can take away. No one can take that away. No one can take the joy that comes from an eternal relationship with Jesus. That does not go away. God has not changed any way, shape, or form since the beginning of time. He is the same God. And He offers us a relationship or the wickedness on the other side. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning reminded that you are so good and powerful and mighty. Lord, we thank you for all the work that you have done in our lives in 2020. We thank you, Lord, for the testimonies of those who have seen the work in your, the hands of uh, work in their life throughout the year. And Lord, we praise your name for those who have recognized that. Lord, I pray for those who are still struggling to find something good in 2020. I pray, Lord, in the next few days that you would open their eyes. 
that you would bring to light a memory, something, Lord, that would help them to understand, to see your hand. Lord, you are good to us. Your faithfulness is through all generations. Lord, we pray for this upcoming year that we would recognize your hand in our lives and as a church, Lord, as we move forward. In your name we pray. Amen.